have you heard the um well have you seen the show Insecure? Some. Okay. I haven't like really yeah, I really haven't like seen the show. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, have you heard the Jasmine Sullivan like the riff challenge? Yeah, yeah. Not that one, not feelings, but the insecure riff challenge. It's insecure riff challenge? Yes. I'ma see if you can do it. I'm gonna play it for you. You ready? I can't take that no more, is what you're saying? No, I can't take that no more. No, I can't take that. I won't take that no more. You think you can do that? I think so. So, pray one more time. No, I won't take that no more. Your turn. No, I won't take that no more. <laughs> Wait, why you started so high? <laughs> That's what she had. <laughs> I'm starting with Jasmine. You got to find your range, though. <clears throat> okay. No, I won't take that no more. <laughs> you missed she some was off, She was off key, too. No, she was not. Go back and listen. Don't listen say back. she was off key. Go back. Listen One more time. She did it on purpose. No, I won't take that no more. <laughs> No, I won't take that no more. I think you added too much in there. I did. I added an extra one. (laughs) All right. Let me try. Okay, you go. All right. No, I won't take that no more. Yeah, yours is better. (laughs) (laughs) I'm done. Kings and Queens, what's poppin'? It is your girl, Kayla, and welcome back to another episode of Kicking It With Kay. Of course, also known as your favorite life coach. And today, my co-host that I have with me is the one, the only, um, he's definitely like, uh, uh, I don't know what to call him, y'all. He's like... <laughs> the best of the best wow. in the kingdom of God. Wow. And I can call him that because he's my pastor. Wow. But today I have with me sitting Paul Litt. What's up, everybody? Mama, I made it. I'm on the Kicking It With K podcast. My price just went up. Y'all holler. Not Mama, I made it. I made it. Not Mama, I made it. Listen, I'm so excited to be sitting here with you I'm on glad today to, be glad to, to be do here. this. Are you like, what's your thoughts right now? Because I haven't gave you anything of like really what we're going to be talking about. We're like going into this. So like, what's the vibe? What are you feeling? I'm feeling really uh, excited uh, and curious at the same time. But I know you, I trust you, so I know it's going to be good either way. Listen, I'm not just going to put you out there, but we're going to have fun with it. I'm looking forward to so, it. So, okay, you are the Pastor Paul mm-hmm. of Bill Mount Zion Baptist Church. Yes, ma'am. You are the elite. You are the creme de la creme, right? I don't know about creme. Uh, <laughs> is, that, is that Italian? Creme de la creme? You know. That sounds like a donut. Creme de la creme. Or a fancy yogurt. That sounds even good. Let's, let's put it as a yogurt. I can tell we're both hungry, too, by the Yeah. Way. Like, I have some tangerines <laughs> here, so I am hungry. Haven't <laughs> ate. But just tell people about yourself. So, a lot of people think 
um, pastors mm-hmm. don't really have a life outside of yeah. the church. But yeah. tell people about you. Tell somebody. Well, tell them something interesting that they may not know. Well, um, I am a pastor, but in addition to being a pastor, I'm also an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have two uh, businesses that are doing very well right now. I have a lot of interests outside of pastoring. Of course, that's my calling. That's the core competency that that I believe that God has called me to pursue. But I, I love fashion. I love food. I love travel. Uh, I love reading. Uh, there's a lot of other uh, interests that I have outside of you know ministry. And so you're right. I think that when people meet you in one space, that you know they try to keep you in that same space. Mm-hmm. But I think what's important for us is that we grow and we evolve to become everything that God has us to be. So that sometimes includes breaking out of the box that people met you in. And so uh, I just try to live my life with a sense of purpose every day. I have a lot of things that I'm passionate about that I just mentioned. And so I don't ever want to limit myself to just being a pastor when I believe that God has given me other gifts and other, right. you know, other interests as well. That's really good. And for anybody that is listening, if you ever want a good place to go eat or just somewhere to travel, I'm the plug. He's definitely the plug. What, like, I, need, what I need your help with, on that is helping me to formalize that because I've been having people to reach out to me about doing TikTok videos about traveling and about mm. eating and so we'll talk about that another time I got you're you. right. I'm the plug for restaurants travel like that's my thing that's what my wife and I love to do and um, I'm interested in turning into into a thing you know that I really that I really you know help people with that'll definitely be dope I'm excited about that um so I want to go ahead and jump right into this because I think you already hit it on the head um when we talk when you just said about people will sometimes keep you in a box yeah. of which you are now I went back and I listened to one of your sermons that you did um probably like a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and um I want to title this podcast or this episode gifted but insecure mm. now you you just said a lot of people will sometimes keep you in the box of what they met you in. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit more about that? Because we have a lot of people out here that is gifted, yeah. got a lot of talents, but I can't really move forward or pursue what I want to do because I'm concerned about what Bonquisha said about yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to watch Bonquisha too. But watch it. One of, one of the, uh, when you think about this, one of the persons that keep me in that same box that I mentioned Mm. is myself. Mm. So I start with me. Then I look outwardly in terms of who are those other individuals who may be critics of what I do, who keep me limited as it relates to my purpose and my calling. So one of the things I think that's very important for us is that we recognize that purpose could be very multifaceted. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can do one particular thing, but it can have, you know, multiple streams. For example, I can be a preacher or a communicator but I can also write books. I could also do, you know, podcasting mm-hmm. like you're doing. I can do, you know, YouTube videos. It's still communication, but it has other forms. Mm-hmm. And I think that the issue is that people put us in these boxes because of a lack of exposure. Mm-hmm. And so if you see me in this one place, like, okay, he's a preacher. He has to preach in the pulpit. But what about the things I do outside of the pulpit? I can also communicate on Zoom. I can right. do YouTube videos. And I do a lot of those things because, again, my purpose is not limited to one particular space or one context. It can be multifaceted. So I think exposure gives us the opportunity to explore all the other avenues that I can use my gifts and not be limited to one particular lane. 
that's really good that's really good and um, one thing when I started this podcast Mm -hmm. um, I let my listeners know like hey I have many hats that I wear. Yeah, I'm not yeah. just this one person. Or Absolutely. when you see me out Absolutely. in the streets, it's not just this. But I have other gifts. I have other yeah. talents. Yeah. And it just so happened everything coincide with each other. And they all work out. They all balance each other. So that's another thing of finding that balance mm-hmm. of um, between your gifts and your talents and stuff like that. Um, let's define what is, what's a gift? A gift is something that you do that people affirm that you do well, it is something that you do that is effective and impactful. I believe that gifts come in two different forms. Number one, they're natural gifts that we were born with. Mm-hmm. And then for those who are watching or listening rather uh, on the podcast who are believers, they're what we call spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we believe that God gives us those gifts once we have a, you know, enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. But either way, whether they're spiritual gifts or natural gifts, they're used for, I believe, for the good of uh, humanity and for the glory of God. So I can do something well like singing or rapping or, uh, you know, speaking, you know, technical gifts. You have people who are very musically inclined. Those gifts are used to be expressions to the world. I'm not right. I'm not gifted for myself. Mm. I'm gifted for other people. It's to be a blessing to other people. Even if I'm entertaining people, that's a gift and it's a lane that people occupy right. that really helps us. Like we all need to laugh. We all need to, mm-hmm. you know, unwind. So when I'm watching a, a movie and I'm watching a Denzel or a gifted actor, whoever, or actress, that person's gift is even blessing me in that particular moment, even though it may be in an entertainment space. So gifts in terms of, you know, how we use them in a very uh, practical sense should be used to express ourselves, our ideas, our visions, our dreams in a way that really inspire and motivate people. Nipsey Hussle said that the greatest act of humanity is to inspire people. And I think that when we use our gifts well, we inspire others. Right. Uh, I like that. Yeah, and I think it's true. I mean, we all want to be inspired in mm-hmm. some way, right? Yeah. And, and we can be sources of inspiration to people if we learn how to tap into those gifts that we have and not be afraid to launch out. Gotcha. So now that we know what gifts are, um, I want to go back to reference the message that you did on um, that Sunday that I was talking mm-hmm. about. So you was coming from the book of Exodus, yeah. and you was talking about Moses, the Bible character Moses. Right. And so... um for people out there that are listening and don't know who Moses is, um, he freed um, the people, the Israelites, from um, Pharaoh. Right. So, in that, Moses had a lot of insecurity mm-hmm. issues that he dealt with. Yes. Um, he wasn't the best speaker mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. So, his whole ordeal was like, okay, God, why would you want me to right. go and go to Pharaoh and be like, hey, let my people go and I can't even speak right. And so um, he dealt with that. And so in this, he was having a conversation with God Mm -hmm. and he was just pretty much saying like, why me? Mm -hmm. Why do you feel that was a necessary but very beneficial conversation for him to have. Yeah. Moses is a biblical example of you and I. Moses is not just a larger than life biblical figure. He's a human being like Mm -hmm. us. And we, like Moses, deal with those same kind of insecurities. I think the conversation with God was necessary was because Moses had two issues. It was insecurity 
that led to anxiety. Mm. And when you when you read the text and the passage of scripture in Exodus three and Exodus four, he continuously asks questions of God that speaks to the fact that he's unsure of himself. Right. He says, I have all of these inadequate uh, inadequacies. I have all of these insecurities. Why am I qualified to do this? You know, he's basically talking himself mm-hmm. out of what God is trying to talk him into, which is what I believe, uh, Kayla, is that the self-talk that we engage in is the very thing that has the potential to make or break us. Yeah. It's the internal dialogue. It's not always what everybody else says. Yeah, Sometimes sure. that can hinder me too. But a lot of times it's the internal dialogue that I keep reverberating in my own soul that has the potential to trip me up. Mm-hmm. And that's what Moses is doing. He's constantly questioning himself, even though God has affirmed him, God has blessed him, God has favored him, but he cannot seem to get out of that rut of self-doubt and fear. And I think it's an expression of how we all feel sometimes. Insecurity is very natural, it's very normal, but we cannot let it handcuff us as it relates to us pursuing our purpose. So we have to, like Moses, go to God with those insecurities, and preferably we have a space and we have time to listen to God so that he can help us mm-hmm. to break free from it. Gotcha. Now, even in that, I think you hit it right on the head, it's that self-talk. Yeah. There's a song out there, and the songwriter says, walk it out. Walk it out. Walk it out. Walk it like I talk it to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that sometimes we get so we find ourselves in a in a space to where we can talk ourselves up or we have an idea, a dream or a vision yeah. and it's just like, okay, I want to be um give me a car. Uh let's go with the Porsche. Okay, I want a Porsche mm-hmm. and I want it to be black on the outside, mm-hmm. black on the inside. Mm-hmm. I'm going all out. all out and I'm up for it. I'm hyped about it. Yeah. But when the time starts to get close or when I'm ready to like <laughs> sign these papers, yeah. I'm just like, do I really need it? Yeah. Do I deserve it? Yeah. Type deal. And so even like in any situations on for job promotions or um, just stepping outside of the box, we tend yeah. to talk ourselves down yeah. um, and we can be our biggest hindrance mm-hmm. in progressing forward in a lot of things and um not only can we be our biggest um hindrance but then there's also the flip side of people as well um even in the story of moses he was afraid of what people was Mm going to say about him and um you mentioned something um about us being preoccupied with the questioning um with people questioning our credibility and us um um, I think you called it like the side effects of being misdirected, mm-hmm. um, a misdirected, misdirected focus. focus. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that a little bit more. Well, first of all, let's go back to walk it like I talk it because we just showed that we're from two different generations. <laughs> so I use walk it out and you use walk it like I talk it, which is the Migos, you know, but but it's the same concept. Right. Because <laughs> I know the listeners are like, oh, we ain't, y'all think we, can't, we, we caught that. We know y'all caught that. Oops. <laughs> but, you know, it just shows that it, it could be the same mm-hmm. message in two different generations, exactly. right? But I just thought that was funny. I, I had a chuckle with that. <laughs> you know, misdirected focus is when I put so much energy into what people think that it robs me of the energy that I put into my purpose. Mm. So your opinion is so valuable to me 
that I literally let it handcuff me from being what I believe God has called me to be and do what God has called me mm-hmm. to do. It's misdirected focus because whatever I focused on really determines my future, mm. right? If I put a lot of energy into eating well or to exercising or to saving money, I'll see the results of that if I do it consistent, right? You know. Likewise, if I put a lot of results, uh, a lot of uh, focus into negative things, those results also will, you know, show up in my life as mm-hmm. well. I think when it comes to people's opinions. We really do put a lot of stock in that, which sometimes causes us to question ourselves because we don't want to feel like we're failing in other people's eyes. Mm. The problem with that is, is that sometimes these same people, whether you succeed or fail, will be the very people that talk about you either way. Yeah. Right. So people can never be. Uh, you know, the barometer by which I measure my success. It has to always start with God. It has to always start with what I believe internally about myself, what gives me peace, what gives mm-hmm. me satisfaction. And prayerfully, people will embrace it. But if I start with people and try to please people, listen, that's that's a dead-end journey. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and it takes a lot of energy to do that. You it know does. what I'm saying? It really does. So I think that same energy then robs me of the energy that I need to be able to focus on what God has mm-hmm. called me to do. That is so true. I think um, it falls back onto relationships, yeah. really, um, yeah. us knowing how to really manage our relationships with people. Um, another person that I listen to um, as far as like leadership wise is Dr. Darius Daniels, yes. and he has a book out called Relational Intelligence. Absolutely. And in that book, um, he talks about how um, sometimes we have to put people in their place, yep. and it's not us telling them off like, right, oh, right, you da-da-da-da-da-da, right, right. but no, literally putting in people their in their proper place yep. um, because we hold the opinion and the value of what others say about us to a high standard and sometimes we just gotta decrease some people Mm -hmm. and increase some people um over just like with you pastoring um and really walking out your gift and your talents that god has given you how has it been for you to manage um your focus Mm -hmm. um and really not worry about like what this person say or letting it have a big effect on you yeah well i'm very i would consider myself very focused and disciplined when it comes to my purpose uh, I'm, I just turned 40 last year. I started, you know, in pastoral ministry at the age of 20. Mm-hmm. So I've done this for 20 years. My entire adult life yeah. is what I've done. So I've tried to over the years to learn, to grow and evolve. And one of the things I understood about relationships is that relationships have the potential to either push me further into my purpose or to pull me back from my purpose. Mm-hmm. So that point that you made about Dr. Darius Daniels, I think is very, very true. Uh, the language I use is that I categorize people, you know, in terms of their not necessarily their importance, but uh, the weight of their opinions and their value. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, I value my wife's opinion more than I value the person that I just did a business deal with. Right. Right. There's a reason I tell people there's a reason why my wife has a key to our home and the passcode to the security alarm and everybody else don't. Right. Right. There's a certain, there are certain benefits that come with intimacy in Mm. relationships. And sometimes I think that we end up giving benefits to people who haven't proven themselves. And then that's what we call what betrayal. Because I trusted you and now you've let me down. Yeah. The interesting thing about it is, is that when we have those unrealistic expectations 
we always crash and burn because people will never live up to those expectations when we put them on that, that pedestal and they have not earned the right to be there. Mm-hmm. And so there's a reason why I have certain <clears throat> conversations with my best friends that I won't have with a person I just met last week at a right. conference. Right. So it's learning how to effectively categorize where people fit in your life and the value they bring to your life, mm-hmm. knowing that there are some people in our lives that are not necessarily meant to add value. They're your assignment. Yeah. You know, that that's God's way of using you to disciple somebody, to help them to grow and to develop. But if you continue to expect people to make deposits, you know, into the account of your soul mm-hmm. and they don't have the resources to do so, you know, that's when it feels like a deficit to you. And so I don't put a lot of stock into, you know, just opinions. Of course, I'm, I'm as a pastor and a, as a CEO, as an entrepreneur, I listen to what people say because I do care from that standpoint. But like you said earlier, if I put so much weight into it, there's no way possible that I'll be able to live up to those standards. Yeah. It's all about um, <clears throat> what access are you giving people yeah, into yeah, your life? Yeah. And access. then also like the investment that you're willing to make. Like relationships are a big investment. They are investments. And with investments, you expect a return for the most part. Mm-hmm. Again, there are some cases, and I think it's, it's important that our listeners understand that there are some cases where God will assign you to pour into somebody's life as an investment, and they are, they're not necessarily pouring back into you. Like, for example, I have you know people who are younger than me that I mentor, and I don't expect for them to feed into me. Right. Now, I have people who mentor me who pour into me, right? And mm-hmm. then I pour into other people, but I don't always expect my mentors or my students or those who are a part of that core team that I'm, you know, I'm leading to pour back into me. Right. But I do have other people that pour into me so that I can pour into others. I think it is about clarifying people's relationship um, value in your life. Mm -hmm. And what you said earlier is very important. How much time will I invest in this? Yeah. How much energy will I invest in this? How much money will I invest in this? As an entrepreneur, I meet a lot of young people who want to start businesses and they don't have the resources to start them. Mm -hmm. In some cases, God has led me to help them anyway. You know, whereas I may have another client who has a successful business but want to rebrand and they can they, they can afford to pay me what my price is. Right. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then there's some people that I meet who really need my services in their estimation who can't afford to do so. But I'm at a point financially by the grace of God that I could say I'll help you anyway. Right. That's an investment. Yeah. Right. At some point, the goal is not necessarily for that person to come back and to be a blessing to me. But to in turn pay it forward to be a blessing to somebody mm-hmm. else like I just tried to be a blessing to them. Yeah. Right. But if I'm always looking for people to just keep pouring back into me when I'm pouring into them, I don't think that's always realistic. So I have to have somebody that's ahead of me who pours into me so that I can pour into somebody. Else. Right. Yeah. So it's always good to have those different levels of relationships. There's levels. There, who's, who's in it? Meek Mill? There's levels to this. There's levels to this. <laughs> There's levels to this. <laughs> and, levels. And, I, and I have to know that. Like, my mentors are further along than I mm-hmm. am. Right? They, they, they've done this longer. They have reached a capacity that I've yet to reach. And there's a reason why I sit down and shut up when I'm in their presence. Yeah. I'm not a know-it-all in their presence. And I try not to be a know-it-all, period. But especially when I'm sitting with people who are further along, I want to listen to what they have to say. Now, when my mentor, when my mentees sit and listen to me, 
I'm trying to pour into them that which I know because I received that through experience. I received that through, you know, revelation from God. I received that through mm-hmm. my mentors. But these individuals are looking to me for guidance. Right. So I have to understand what that investment is like and what it means for my time, my energy, and for my finances if I'm pouring into somebody mm-hmm. else. Because by nature, and you know this, by nature, I'm a loyalist. Yeah. You know, once, once you know, we're part of a family, we're, we're in a relationship, I'm with you all the way to the right. end, Right. Uh, and so I think it's important for us to be able to define that. I love what you said about it being an investment. I have to know that sometimes the investment don't always return in the way in which I think mm-hmm. it will. Sometimes, you know, God has another way to give me that return. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, before we go any fur- further, you mentioned the word mentorship yeah. and having a mentor. And um, if you're in a like position of leadership and you have mentees up under you, mm-hmm. can you explain that a little bit more? Like, is it important to have have a mentor um there may be somebody out there that's looking to start a business or Mm -hmm. just maybe seeking guidance or wanting help into doing something um talk about the importance of mentorships yeah i think that's a great question the bible says there is safety in the multitude of counselors and what that means is, is that your path can be more secure when you have a variety of perspectives. Mm. So my mentors are not just male. They're also female. I have a a female entrepreneur who's been in business for 40 years in the Dallas, Texas area, who's a mentor of mine. She is a multimillionaire. I have direct access to her. She's a sister and she's a female. Mm -hmm. So just because I'm a male does not mean that I can't learn from a female and vice versa. Right. So all of my mentors aren't male. All of my mentors uh, are African-American. Right. Mm-hmm. I have diverse perspectives because I believe that my purpose is diverse in terms of how I believe God wants me to carry it out. I think that is true for our listeners is to make sure, like, for example, they can't see us, but we're sitting around a table. Yeah. So the question is, who am I inviting to my table? Who do I need at the table at this particular time in my Listen. life that's going to help me to move to that next place? Oh, home. Watch your tone, River. <laughs> my bad. Watch it. It's not Sunday morning. Let me say another it. way. Who do I need at the table Come on. to help me to move forward? Who's at your table? In my person. Who's at your table? Who's at your table? Right? And it's so important that we get diverse perspectives. Watch this. Otherwise, we become limited in our perspectives. Mm. If Listen, if I only hang around people, Kayla, who look like me, think like me, act like me, vote like me, live like me, I mean, I'm handcuffing myself. Yeah. But the world is so big. It's so vast. There are people with so many different experiences and expertise. If I learn how to tap into those uh, expertise and those experiences, then it can really benefit me long term. Right. I feel like sometimes... We connect with people who look like us, act like us, and think like us. Now, that's beneficial in some regards, but also I think it can be very detrimental in terms of how it it limits my exposure. Mm -hmm. I think exposure is everything when you talk about being successful. Yeah, um, I did a podcast um, episode called Jump Jump, mm-hmm. and um, I literally sat down with one of my friends, and uh, we was talking about um, something that was asking me to share um, something with them that I've never shared with anybody before, and yeah. um, it all came about because they asked me a question, and I was just like, oh. 
I don't think I can. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. And so it was all about me coming out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And a lot of times we get so stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, we get handcuffed or yeah. shackled in a particular place yeah. um, and in a particular friend group all because this person looked like me. We mm-hmm. like the same things. Yeah. But in order for me to grow, in order for me to be beneficial to the ones coming behind me, yeah. I have to step outside of that Absolutely. box. And I can't limit myself to just this particular group. Yeah. Um, I think it's important that we have a variety of friend groups as well. Yeah. Um, because in every season that we face, everybody can't go with you in a season. And, you know, some people get mad because yeah. they yeah. see yeah. you yeah. you um, getting up there. And yeah. it's just like, well, you was my friend first. Well, at this particular time in this season of my life, you can't go with me. Yeah, that is so important for us to hear and understand. Uh, there's one social uh, commentator and psychologist who says all change is a form of death, mm. even if it's a good change. If you get a job offer uh, making millions of dollars in another place and you have to leave the place that you're familiar with, even though you feel like it's a great change, yeah. there's a certain level of grief that comes with that change. That's true. Sometimes when it comes to leaving people behind, it's a painful but necessary experience for us because sometimes we outgrow some people. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's not that's not negative. It doesn't mean that you're you know you're bougie or you think you're better than anybody as long as you don't you know look at it that way. Yeah. Because sometimes you know people can be proudful when it comes to that kind of stuff. But when you when I say outgrown people, it means that our conversation is different. Mm-hmm. When I when I was when I was sixteen in high school living in South Macon, my conversation was one thing. Right. I am a forty year old grown married man who's pastoring a church and leading two businesses. My conversation is not the same. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, when we sometimes connect with people from our past, they can be stuck in that same place, expecting you to be in that same place. And you've grown. It's okay for you to evolve and to outgrow certain people. Now, if God assigns you to go back and to help them to pull them back up, then you'd be ready to do that. Mm -hmm. But you cannot hold on to people who you've outgrown and expect for you to be in a healthy place mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. All change is a form of death. It has grief attached to it. It has bereavement attached to it, but it's necessary for our growth. That is so true. I think, um, I see a lot of times people post on Facebook and they be like, my friend's mad. When my friends are mad, they be like, oh, you changed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did yeah, change. We're supposed to. Surprise. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a meme with a caterpillar and a butterfly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that. So there, it's a caterpillar and a butterfly sitting at, at a table. The caterpillar looks at the butterfly and says, you've changed. The butterfly comes back and says, we're supposed to. Oh, wow. (laughs) You know, we're supposed to evolve. We're supposed to grow. God didn't place us here to be the same person, you know, from the time of our birth to the time of our death. Change is the result of us understanding the the ebb and flow, the up and down of Mm -hmm. life. Right. For example. We're, we, we're been, uh, we've been in a global pandemic for a little over a year. Yeah. During that time, the question I must ask myself, in the midst of all of that change, have I changed? Mm. In the midst of all of these adjustments, have I adjusted? In the midst of all of these ups and downs, what kind of stability and what kind of maturity is manifested in my own life? Or will I come out of a global pandemic being the same person that I was when I went in? 
we should never waste a crisis. Yeah. Anytime we go through anything difficult, anytime we go through something that was positive and good, we should always seek to learn from it, grow from it, and to be better. That's the result of being intentional about your life, living by what I call living by design and not by default. Mm. I craft where I'm going. I pray about where I'm going. I plan for where I'm going. I plan who I get close to. I plan who I may have to stay away from, right? I don't want to let life happen to me. That's default. Whatever happens will happen. I don't believe that. I believe that we're supposed to be prayerful about where God is leading us, and we design along with, the, the, of course, the Holy Spirit where we're going. The Bible speaks a lot about the the importance of planning Mm -hmm. and the benefits of planning. That goes with my finances. That goes with my relationships. It goes with my career, my business. I think that sometimes we get on cruise control and we never fully tap into our God-given potential because we live life by default, not by design. Mm, Living life by default and not by design. That's reach right there. I want to go, since you hit on this, the global pandemic. Yeah. It's the pandemic for me. It's the pandemic for me. (laughs) It's the pandemic (laughs) for me. Yeah. Um, In this, you said this is not the time to really be still, but this is the time to really, like, go for it. Yeah. Um, I think for me in the pandemic, it has taught me a lot. Yeah. Um. I've had a chance to just do like self evaluations and mm-hmm. reevaluate some things in my life, um, cut some things out yep. and implement some things as well. Um, and that's kind of how this podcast really got into really birth. Yeah. Um, it, I've been pregnant a long time with wanting to do this, but it was like now it's the time. I'm glad you said with this because I was like, oh, said, Lord. I'm pregnant. I said, Lord, I'm, I didn't, I, Lord, I didn't knew it. I didn't knew it. She didn't no babies, no babies, no babies. <laughs> I've been pregnant with this vision. Oh, with this vision. The podcast, oh, okay. baby. Okay. The podcast, baby. Said, oh, geez, I, didn't, I didn't know this. What was going to be? Now, I wouldn't surprise <laughs> people like that on a podcast. Right, right. It'll have to be something. Probably a TikTok video. Probably. Oh, Lord Jesus. Can we go on? Let's okay, on. that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it has given me the chance and the opportunity to, yeah. like, really um, get some rest. Like, mm-hmm. really catch up on rest. Yes. Um, and really get, like, my business stuff into motion. Mm-hmm. Um now there may be like somebody listening to this now and they have a dope vi- um business idea that they want to get done yeah. but they feel like it's a pandemic. I can't yeah. do nothing. Yeah. Outside is still not open back up. Yeah. How do I start? Yeah. When we look at the night the late 1920s and the early 1930s so from about 1929 to 1933 a time that we call the Great Depression. Uh-huh. More millionaires were made during the Great Depression than any other time in history. Yeah. Because people knew that while the world was shutting down, there's opportunity available. Mm-hmm. During this global pandemic, it's a time to do exactly what you just said. It's a time for me to reevaluate, yeah. for me to readjust, and for me to reimagine my life. So now that this has happened to me, what can I do to step back, take a... Um, a real look at where I am and where I want to go and start putting those things in place. So here's where I start. I always start with the picture. Mm. 
mm-hmm. a picture, a vision of where I'm going. Yeah. I write it down. I believe the scripture is true. You write it, write the vision, you make it plain, uh-huh. right? You clarify the picture of where you want to go in the next five years, mm-hmm. right? When you did this podcast, you didn't you didn't have the idea for a podcast on a Monday and then launched it on Tuesday. Oh, no. That was a whole process that mm-hmm. went into it, but it started with a vision. Right. You had a name. You had a concept. I, I, I uh, looked on your wall in your office and saw your um, the sticky paper on, mm-hmm. the, on the wall that yep. says Kicking It With K podcast, and you had all of these ideas. That's a picture. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't succeed because they don't have a picture or a vision of where they want to go. Mm-hmm. After you get a picture, you then want to get a plan. Okay, the vision is one thing, but now how do I translate this vision into reality? Right. Now, I know people who have great visions, great dreams, but they don't plan for it. Mm-hmm. So when you start planning, you're now putting the steps in place. Step one, I need to do this. Step two, I'm going to do a podcast. Okay, do you have a computer to do it from? No. You got a microphone. You're doing, no. Have you marketed it? No. When are you going to do the podcast? Well, it's just going to happen because God's going to just make it happen. That's not going to happen. You got to plan for it, right? right? You got to literally plan for it, right? And you got to prep for it. Mm-hmm. Then the other things that you may want to do after you get a picture, after you get a plan, then you need to start thinking about partners. Mm-hmm. Who do I need to call who may be doing this that yeah. can help me to expedite the process? Now, right. I can go and figure it out all by myself. There may be some value in that. Mm-hmm. Or I can expedite the process by simply asking somebody or doing some research that says, hey, I see that you have a podcast or you may know somebody. What do I need to do? Mm-hmm. So I need a picture, which is a vision. I need a plan. I need partners. And then the last thing, you got to have perspiration. Yeah. You got to put the work in. And I think that a lot of people, they don't they don't start with the vision. They don't have a plan. They don't have anyone that they're talking to to help them to navigate through the challenges. And they don't, they don't put the work in. Right. Which results in you being in the same place that you were before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Or the same place that you were in five years ago. Or the same place that you were in ten years right. ago. All of these dreams, all of this potential, all of these goals. But then you die with all of, all of it on the inside of you. I don't think that's the way God has called me to live. So the pandemic is a time for us to reevaluate. Can I, can I give an example of this? Go ahead. So... In my home office, I have a, a desktop. I have an iMac desktop, mm-hmm. and when you when you do the you know the um, the software you know upgrade yeah. for it, it, here's the notification: your computer is shutting down. Yeah. Now while it's shutting down, something is happening. Mm-hmm. It's not just shutting down for the sake of shutting down. It's shutting down so that at some point when it restarts, it'll be better than it was before right. I did the download. Right. So- that that's what's happening. Yeah, the world has shut down in many regards. Now, of course, we're you know getting back, you know, moving. But when the pandemic first started, the world shut down. Mm-hmm. During that time, here's the question I need to be asking myself: What is God doing? Mm. What is God saying to me about my life? You started your business during the pandemic. Yeah, one of my businesses, one of two of the businesses that I have. The one that's with Nick Farley started during the pandemic, mm-hmm. April of 2020. And from April of 2020 to April of 2021, we worked with over 40 businesses wow. in one year. Yeah. Right. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So think about if if we never had the conversation about actually stepping out and putting a picture out there. That's the vision. Putting a plan out there. That's the strategy. Getting a partnership in place. That's collaboration or the perspir- the perspiration. That's the work that's involved. If we just keep talking about it a year later, look at all of the opportunities we would have would have missed out on working with all of these right. different people. 
You don't get it done by just thinking about it. And I'm going to say this. I hope no Christian people get mad. And you don't just get it done by just praying about it. Come on, somebody. At some point, you got to stop praying and get up and do something. Yeah. Right? And I think that we we, we pray. That's great. We should pray. We talk about it. That's good. You got to put it out there. But at some point, you got to put the vision out there. You got to clarify it. You got to get some help. And you got to actually do the work. Yep. That's why I think that we can we can really see ourselves thrive in the midst of this pandemic. That's really good. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. It can be there, but if I'm not putting my feet to it. it listen, it really don't matter. How, how, many, how many people do you know who have great ideas? That have never done anything with it. Plenty. I can name you several people, several Plenty. people right now. Most of the entrepreneurs that I work with are people who said, "I've had this idea for years, mm-hmm. and I just never done. I've never wanted. You know, I just never moved forward with it. Yeah. Why? Fear, anxiety. I, now, listen. Those things are real. I understand that. What if I failed? Okay. Here's another question. What if you succeed? Mm-hmm. What if it blows up and you just, you know, do well with this idea that you've been sitting on for three years? Yeah. Right? I think it's all about getting to the point to where you can live life and not have to worry about the what ifs. Right. Just do it. Nike, just do it. Just do it. Because that's where the joy is. I was just having this conversation the other day with a, a family member. Life is an adventure. Mm-hmm. It's designed to be exciting. It's designed to be, you know, progressive and and there's movement, right? There's joy. I mean, who wants to just wake up and do the same thing every single day? Right. You know, what we call comfort and security really could low key be complacency in disguise. <laughs> you know, I'm comfortable <laughs> here. I'm secure here. Okay, but how long are you going to do that? Right. Now, if that's where God wants you to be, then okay, it's okay to be comfortable there. But if you're in a place of comfort just because it's comfortable yeah. and you're missing out on other opportunities, I, I really think that's that's a sense of complacency. And what happens is, is that I get so familiar with it that I keep talking myself out of every opportunity yeah. that comes my way. And that's, I think that's a dangerous way to deal. Don't don't get too comfortable. Yeah, don't get too comfortable. It's not it's not safe. No. <laughs> Getting too comfortable no. is not safe. No. Not safe at all. Seth, Seth Golden, a marketing expert, said playing it safe is risky. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> playing it safe is risky. When you think, oh, I'm just gonna chill. When you do that, that's you're actually taking a risk. What are you risking? You're risking in success. You're risking increase. Mm-hmm. You're risking influence, right? You're risking an opportunity to pursue your dreams and your vision. And you're risking an opportunity to give glory to God, the one who gave you all of those resources, those skills, and those gifts in the first place. Right. I don't think that's the way God has called us to live. Ooh, that's, that's heavy. Speaking of the gifts, the resources, and all that good stuff, um, going back to Moses, mm-hmm. um, when he was having this conversation with God, you know, he had that anxiety, he had that doubt, and in that moment, Moses had a staff in his hand, yeah, yeah. and um, God asked him to simply do one thing, was to throw the throw staff down, down. Yeah, yeah. and when he did, it turned into um a serpent, a snake, mm-hmm. and then he um, told Moses to pick it back up again. Yeah. And when he picked it back up, it turned into the staff again. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to talk about this point. Um, you, what do you have in your hands? Yeah. As far as it relates to our gifts, our talents, because we have them, like it's there. How do I properly um, utilize what's in my hands, the yeah. resources that I have now? How can I use that? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So the staff in the hands of Moses represents the skills, 
the gifts and the resources that he, you know, he had at that particular time. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is that this same rod, this same staff, this same ordinary stick would be used in future chapters to do miracles, Mm -hmm. to do signs and wonders, to open up the Red Sea. But here's the interesting thing. It was the very thing that he had all along. Mm. He'd have to go out and acquire the staff. He yeah. already had it. And I'm not suggesting that we don't you know, go out and, and acquire new skills, new gifts, and new resources. Of course we should. But oftentimes, the very thing that I possess is the very thing I need to be what God has called me to be and do what God has called me to do. Right. The, the way I operate in it, as you, as you asked, is that, number one, I need to clarify what I have. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to really... Think about and and take inventory, if you will, of what I possess. If it's speaking well, then I need to own that. When people say, you know, you speak very well, you can't be like, well, no, you know. I mean, you know you speak well, too. So, amen, praise (laughs) the Lord, thank you, right? You know you you can speak well, right? right? You do a great job at, uh, at baking cakes. Oh, well, you know, I just try by the help of the good Lord. Now, you know your case of the bomb. Right. Right. So you got to take inventory, clarify it, and just own it. Mm-hmm. This is what I do well. For me, I'm a one-trick pony. Maybe two. is leadership and communication. Yeah. That's what I do in my pastoral life and in my business life. It's centered around those two core competencies. Mm-hmm. I don't try to go out and do all those other things that I'm not good at. Because those things aren't in my hands. Right. So I have to clarify exactly what it is. And then after you clarify it, you need to develop it at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have that gift, look for opportunities to grow in it. If it's public speaking, if it's something with technology, if it's something with music, then you practice it. You you research ways to get better. You don't yeah. just have a gift and sit on it. You look for ways to grow in the gift. The Bible talks about how a person's gifts will will uh, will bring them before will make room for them mm-hmm. and bring them before great people. Right. Your gift is the very thing that puts you in places of influence that allows you to impact the lives of other people. But you can't just get this gift and never develop it, never rehearse it, never never put time into mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? So you clarify it, you know, you develop it, and then you put it out there. Yeah. You know, you look for ways and avenues like what you're doing. You're you're an amazing preacher slash public speaker so podcasting is a natural thing for you because you're communicating your ideas with the rest of the world right. you can reach a certain amount of people by what you do as a youth pastor then you can reach a certain amount of people in what you do as a life coach mm-hmm. and as a podcaster you see what i mean but it's still the communication gift yeah so the one gift now as we said earlier has opened up different avenues for you and you didn't have to try to go and be something else mm-hmm. and do something else that you don't do well you've just taken that one gift crafted it and developed it in such a way that now you can reach other audiences and, and go into other spaces without robbing you of the core thing that you do well right i think sometimes kayla we get into this whole thing about being well-rounded mm-hmm. and that may be okay for some jobs and some situations, but for the most part, people who do great things are known for doing one or two yeah. things. Well, you know, when I say certain names, when I say Michael Jordan, you know, when I say Steve jobs, when I say Serena Williams, right. When I say certain names, you think about one or two mm-hmm. things that's associated with those people. That's true. You don't think about eight things. And I think sometimes it's hard for us to be successful when we're focused on, you know, doing too many things well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't do too much. Yeah, don't do too much. You're doing too much. You're doing too much. Narrow, narrow it down. <laughs> Old people say, sit down somewhere. Narrow it down. Get clear on what it is that you do well. Put your time, energy, and effort into it and kill it every time. Yeah. 
that's what it's about. That's so true. Listen, that that was really good. I don't have nothing else to come after that. That was like that was it. <laughs> that was it right there. I think you really dropped like some really good nuggets. Um, not only for people that want to go into business, but just everyday life yeah. skills, yeah. everyday life tasks. Um, we sometimes, like you said, we get too comfortable in doing one thing um, that we don't open the lid of that mm, box sure. and step out That's to good. explore. Um, and I think if you want to see more, if you want to gain more, it, it all starts with taking a step. Yeah. It all starts with yeah. taking that jump or just any forward moving thing. You yeah. just got to do it. You got to do it. I believe that life is designed to be lived forward. Mm-hmm. When I when I think about who God is, when I think about what God says to us in his word, I see God as being a progressive God. Yeah. I see the Bible as a progressive story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I see God as being very intentional about God's plans and purposes. I see God raising up people to do that very same thing. God was clear about exactly what the bottom line was for humanity that was redeeming humanity through Jesus Christ. And he used a series of people from the Old Testament up to the New to accomplish that one thing. And it had all all of these different dynamics, all of these different storylines, but it's leading me to one big thing, right? And I think we need to model that. When I look at God as creator in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, and I watch how God started creating the earth and creating the waters and all of these things. And he looks back at what he says, Kayla, and he says, that was good. Mm-hmm. Then he creates man and says, oh, that's real good. Yeah. I think as creators, as entrepreneurs, as leaders, as pastors, we ought to be so creative and so diligent and intentional about our work. We can look back at it and say, man, that was good. Yeah. Not out of a place of arrogance, not out of a place of pride, but out of a place of assurance and knowing that I'm doing the very thing that God has called me to do. Can you look at it and say, man, that's good. Yeah. That business idea, that that was good. That message I just preached, that was good. That, you know, that cake, that whatever it is I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. With the, our podcasters are from a lot of different places and spaces. Whatever it is that you do well, can you look back at it and say, man, that's good. That's the affirmation that you need, not from everybody else. Yeah. But from yourself. Now, everybody else may say it's good and that's great. But can you look at it and say that's good? That's Mm -hmm. a certain level. There's a certain level of satisfaction that comes with that. Yeah. And I think like even to that point, it's just like when you really get into that groove, like when you really start doing what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It like it takes you. It takes you to a whole nother level. Like, Yeah. yeah. It takes you there. It's a whole different vibe. Yeah. And then, like you say, just to sit back and just like, I did that. I did that. And you know, that's when you know, that's a part of the, one of the ways you know, I should say, that's one of the ways you know that it's your thing. Yeah. You can do it and not get tired from it. Mm -hmm. Now, as a disciplined visionary, you got to know when to stop, when to get rest. Because, you know, I, I really get bothered when I hear a lot of entrepreneurs, young and old, say, man, I'm out here grinding. I ain't got time for sleep. No. Listen, sleep is the secret sauce to success. Mm-hmm. You know, when you rest and you're refreshed, then you can get back up and create more. Yeah. But if you're always tired and burned out, and I can talk about that because I mm-hmm. did that for years. I was so busy and so, you know, quote unquote effective that I did so much till I was wearing myself out. What the yeah. pandemic did was, and you mentioned it, it gave me a time to regroup, to rest more, to restructure my life, 
now I'm doing more from home, mm-hmm. feeling better, right? You know what yeah. I mean? You know, more energy, more, you know, you know, healthier habits. Why? Because you cannot grind your way to success. Mm. You know, you have to rest, you have to regroup. And so I think it's so significant that we take those things into consideration as we're talking about being successful. Yeah. Um, The episode before this one, um, I talked about do not disturb. Yeah. And that's just pretty much like, hey, you need to rest. Like, if I'm going to be in a position to help anybody or even to help my Myself, yeah, I gotta go lay down somewhere. You gotta lay down. <laughs> but here's but here's the thing: not resting is really a sign of distrust. Oh, do I really trust God that if I give Him these amount of hours, this amount of energy, that He can bless it, or do I feel like I have to make it happen? Yeah. See, when I was when I was on the verge of burnout, it it was because in a lot of places, in a lot of spaces, I was trying to do so much. And I, I believe I was in the will of God, but the way I was carrying it out was mm-hmm. not the will of God. Yeah. But when I started stepping back to say, you know what, when I learned how to rest and say, okay, you know what, that project is due, but you know what, I'm not feeling like I need to push myself at this time. Mm-hmm. Let me chill. Let me come back at it tomorrow. If God wakes me up tomorrow, then I can come back at this exactly. tomorrow. Right. But the people who, who sleep four hours a night, you know, three hours. I have entrepreneurs who tell me, man, I'm hardly getting any rest, but I got to meet this deadline. I got to make this happen. I got to make these six figures. What's the point of getting to what you call success in public, but your private life is failing? Mm. You, you're successful. So you made a lot of money, but your blood pressure is at a thousand. Yeah. You know, you know, your your health is out of control, mm-hmm. but, but, but everybody knows who you are. What's the point? Mm-mm. Success really is defined by my personal life first, what I do personally, then how it translates over to my public life. I don't want to be a public success and a private failure. Yeah. And I know a lot of people who live that way because the image of being successful and grinding and working hard gets people attention. Yeah. I like to brag sometimes like and say, man, you know, all last week I ain't do nothing. Mm-hmm. Me and my wife went and, and we sat by the beach. And I was able to do nothing because I finally learned how to pace myself, how to have what you called earlier, what you call balance and not and recognize that I can't do it all in one day. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. I think what the scripture says, what does it profit a man to yeah. gain the whole Ooh. world and just to lose his soul? Now watch your tone. Listen, come on, somebody. <laughs> what what does organ? it profit a man? Somebody, somebody help us here. What does it profit a person? To gain the whole world and lose your soul. Now, here's the thing, Mr. Caleb. You know what a soul is? Tell me. Your soul is your mind. Mm. What does it profit to gain the whole world and lose your mind? I ain't losing my mind for nobody. Not for nobody. <laughs> not for no business. Not for uh-uh. no church. Not for no no podcast. Not uh-uh. for nothing. Yeah, I can't. If, if we don't learn how to manage our mental and emotional and physical health, that scripture is is going to come true in our lives. We're going to profit in other areas and have deficit in others. Mm-hmm. What's the point? Man, I know people who say, man, my business is great, but they sacrifice their relationships with their children and their marriage and their health to get to that point. Mm-mm. That's not success to me. Yeah. That's, 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 that's glamorized failure. Yeah. <laughs> you, you failed and you glamorized. Uh-huh. It, you know what I mean? Because, because you became this, you know, this larger than life figure who did all of these things, quote unquote, well, but you sacrifice people along the way. You sacrifice your health along the way, your time along the way. I don't think that's God's way for us. Yeah. 
Listen, this conversation has definitely been very rich, very a lot to unpack. And um, I just want to thank you. Thank you for coming on. Mama, I made it. I'm on the Minister K Box podcast and I feel like I have made it. I have arrived. Shall I'm gonna walk have? around I'm gonna walk around here, man, with a fur coat on in the summertime. Y'all not a fur there. coat. I made it to kicking it with Kate. I feel fortunate. I'm so proud of you. Thank I tell you often you are a rock star, you are an incredible leader, incredible preacher, incredible entrepreneur. You are Thank the queen you. of TikTok. Listen. And I'm looking forward to you helping me to get my TikTok game on point. Listen, we're so gonna work at it. Some things. I'm excited about it. We're definitely gonna work at it. Um, I'm going to definitely put your information in the description box so if anybody needs anything as far as like leadership. If you want to know more about the church, it's a great church. I've been a part of this church it. for forever ever, <laughs> and ever, ever. Forever, ever. But I, I'll definitely put that information down in the box. If you guys have any questions for me, my email will be in the description box as well. And before we go, do you have anything you would like to say? Any closing words for the people? Thank you for uh, what you're doing to expose us to great content and creators that will help us to move forward in our lives and in our purpose. And to everybody that's listening, make sure that you live life by design, not default. Awesome. Again, kings and queens, thank you for sitting in and kicking it with me, your girl Kay, also known as your favorite life coach. And to P. Lit, OG Lit, Pastor Paul, we thank you. And we out. We'll holler.